1: Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, today we are going to radiate perspective with Stephanie Redfeather. Uh, I've been looking forward to doing this for some time. Uh, I think this is going to be a very fascinating discussion, and I think something that is going to be helpful for so many of our listeners and people who uh, are just finding themselves in a place where they're not quite sure what's going on. They feel like they're um, responding to many energies. They might be awakening and I think this is going to be very very useful and very helpful. So welcome, Stephanie. I really appreciate you coming in to talk to me. Absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So Stephanie has written a book that's going to be published in November of 2019 by Inner Traditions Mm -hmm. Press, and it's called Evolutionary Empath, Mm -hmm. which I think is fascinating. Um, We were kind of geeking out a little bit earlier (laughs) (laughs) about the grand scheme, the big picture, um, so, empaths are something that we've is kind of a buzzword right now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so many people are saying, "Oh, I'm an empath. My children are empaths," but we might not know what it, that means. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Tell me about why you started to write this book. What What are you mm-hmm. hoping to do with it? Maybe, maybe you even start off with
0: what to you qualifies as an empath? Right. right? Right. Well, and just like you said, it is common vernacular in a lot of spiritual circles or new age circles people say empath we have a general idea of what that means but but honestly when i wrote this book uh the only directive that my guidance gave me my my guides if you will Mm -hmm. was create a definition nice and so at first i was like oh yeah no pressure okay (laughs) Uh, where do i start But it it started to congeal, and it is not a simple, like, if I had to give the abbreviated version, an empath is a highly sensitive person. Okay. That is what's common, you know, the most common attribute. Right. But that's not the whole picture. Right. And so the way this um, lined up for me was I had a long list of qualities, like, Experiences empaths usually have, the way they react to the world, how their sensitivities show up. And I put it all into categories. And I ended up creating the five qualities of an empath. Wonderful. And then a definition, which is like a paragraph long, because to me there's just a lot of parts to it. So, so to, to briefly um, go over the five qualities, one is we have... A Very open energy field, which makes it easy for us to blend and merge with other people, mm-hmm. blend and merge with other, any other energy really, sentient beings, animals, right. and, yes. and plants, and trees, and well, rocks, even as places, well. and mm-hmm. locations, mm-hmm. right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, the second quality is our highly sensitive nervous system. Mm-hmm. So we tend to, uh, you know. The, the human nervous system is pretty amazing anyway, but for empaths, it's like on steroids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that makes self-care very important for us. And it, it, that predisposes us to getting easily overwhelmed and overstimulated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the third quality is being predisposed to access other dimensions Uh, The subtle energies, so anything from seeing the dead, reading the Akashic records, uh, working with subtle energies, being an energy healer, seeing the auras on things, and and on and on and on and on. Those things Mm -hmm. tend to be more easy for us to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fourth quality is uh, we we put a high price, or or we desire very deeply, harmony Mm -hmm. and peace in our lives, more than just gosh, I've had a hard day and I'd like, you know, to sit on my deck and watch the deer. I mean, it is it is a, we are very tuned into and can perceive dissonance mm-hmm. as opposed to resonance. And so harmony means harmony in our relationships, harmony in our environment. Mm-hmm. I know personally I'm constantly tweaking things if the if the energy doesn't feel right just to to create that energetic harmony right and then the the fifth quality is that we have very giving hearts and desire to be of service which when we live from an unconscious place means we tend to give of ourselves until there's nothing left and put everybody else first and ourselves last so that's, right. That's the abbreviated version of the <laughs> five qualities. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I do think that the people who self-identify as empaths at least understand that there's a certain sensitivity about it. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about sensitivity as in terms of just getting your feelings hurt easily, of being sensitive to injustice, mm-hmm.
0: are we? I mean, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Could you elaborate a little bit? Yes, yes. And I, I've kind of it's it's new ground here so there's like new language and new ways to define things that are that are coming into this bigger conversation around being an empath right. and what i've kind of characterized is that we have a an energetic physiology mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a little bit different than the quote average person yes and so we perceive things that other people don't perceive we and and let me also preface it by saying for the most part most empaths live from an unconscious place with Mm -hmm. their gifts like just because most of us didn't have the mentors the parents the teachers who recognized what we were and who could help us we, we live from the shadow aspect of the qualities. We live from the unhealthy aspect of the qualities. Absolutely. We live unconsciously with this aspect of ourselves until we don't, until we learn what it is and then start making some changes. <clears throat> and so when we're in that unconscious space, we don't have a context for what's it's happening. Right. It's like, am I, am I crazy? you know and my so many people that i talk to have been told you're too sensitive you're fragile you're too emotional why do you cry so much you're weird you that's you're not really seeing what you think you're seeing it, you know and and i think I of it kind rhythm. of a f- sort of lighthearted example of a child that has make believe friends and up to a certain age a parent expects that mm-hmm. but then at some point okay, I don't want to hear about your make-believe friends anymore. You're coming to, weird. you know, you, you shouldn't do that. While the child is sitting there going, but really that's great-aunt Edna over in the corner and she has a message. No, no, I don't want to hear about your, you know. So there's, exactly. there's so many experiences like that where we feel, see, hear, perceive mm-hmm. energies and, um, entities life forms communication that Absolutely. other people don't right. and because we're so sensitive so many things can overwhelm us light mm-hmm. certain qualities of light mm-hmm. sound too much stimulation from noise or large crowds or mechanical equipment or just all of the things that mm-hmm. that are EMFs and, Mm -hmm. you know, other types of uh, inorganic frequencies around Mm -hmm. us, right? Mm Sense, odors, emotions. Yes, Yes. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the big things that was true for me is I took on everybody else's emotions. Right. And I didn't know I was doing it. Yes. And so there were times when I felt schizophrenic because (laughs) I'm like, what? I didn't feel this way five minutes ago. Why am I wanting to claw my own eyes out? Why am I all of a sudden a walking Molotov cocktail? Why am I, you know, it's like, (laughs) where did this come from? And I just thought I was imbalanced or probably had some undiagnosed mental condition. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, exactly.
1: No, absolutely. Um, I'm finding, too, that there are some who hadn't been that way. And then all of a sudden, something switched for them, and all of a sudden they became sensitive to things where you could these people could um, you know thrive and tolerate large crowds, going to the mall, going to a big game, going to a, a rock concert. But then something happens, something switches, and then they find that they can't tolerate mm-hmm. big crowds, mm-hmm. right? Are you finding the same thing?:
0: The way I think of that is. For whatever reason, many of us had to take those qualities and go underground with them. We uh, had to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. We had to pretend those things didn't exist. Mm-hmm. We had to be whatever we were, whatever definition we were given of what is normal mm-hmm. or successful or whatever. So, along with this journey is also a, a bigger sort of archetypal journey of coming back into your own, rediscovering your authentic self. And, and when I think mm-hmm. of those moments where something happens, where a, a something gets triggered or a switch gets flipped, I think of it as the, the soul can no longer tolerate the inauthenticity and everything comes to a head, mm-hmm. which isn't usually pretty right it often comes in the form of crisis it does that forces us to mm-hmm. to recognize where we have been lying to ourselves where we've been hiding our authentic self and our true nature yes. and so there is this <clears throat> crisis period of just working through all of that right mm-hmm. i tell you i get contacted
1: by people every week say i found you online I feel like I'm going crazy. I just have to talk to somebody who understands and hopefully
0: try to put some of this into place. Are you finding that as well? Yes, and I've kind of coined it the empathic Big Bang.
1: Love it. Yes, because in,
0: in geologic terms, 100 years is a blink of an eye. Right, right. And so even 100 years ago, there were not many empaths incarnated on the planet. Okay. Yeah, and, and if there were, they struggled. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. That's
1: what I'm wondering, if maybe there were, but they were so underground, they so misunderstood, mm-hmm. maybe locked away in an institution somewhere.
0: Yes, yeah, like they couldn't cope. They had to develop right. wicked coping skills and mm-hmm. oftentimes went into, you know, some kind of... Um, you know alcohol or drugs or, or some kind of addiction or, or right. something to cope right. Now I, I would also say that there are there are certain pockets of different cultures and civilizations where that quality mm-hmm. is valued, it's cultivated, it's recognized, it's yes. honored or, for the cultures that have you know shamans priests priestesses medicine men medicine women you know the monks the nuns like positions if you will that are kind of preordained, like it's expected that they're a little different, that they have different perceptions that they can connect to spirit or God or source, then that's acceptable because it's like you're you're in that position special. for the right for the community, but the rest of us right. aren't. Right. So so still in the in the grand scheme of things there were not many empaths. Mm-hmm. And now there's just been <laughs> literally this explosion. Seems like it. And and there's a there's a bigger picture picture that's that's that all of this is happening inside of as well. And so yes. yes, there are a lot of people waking up in droves going who am I? What, what am I? What's important to me? The life I've been living that I thought was supposed to make me happy or create success mm-hmm. isn't working and they're seeking. They're seeking themselves, they're seeking authenticity and they're seeking people who've gone through it too so they don't feel like they're walking the path alone so
1: they have some perspective with it Mm -hmm. and earlier you were talking about um i believe the term you used was shamanic death Mm -hmm. so can you say a little bit about that because i wonder if um some of the people waking up to this stuff are going
0: through something like that i would say yes um i i have mm-hmm. shamanic training. I study and practice in a Peruvian tradition of shamanism called the mm-hmm. Pachacuti Mesa tradition. My master's and doctorate are in shaman- shamanic studies. So I, I feel like I through, see the world through a shamanic lens. lens. Yes. And so a shamanic death process is, you can just think of it as a symbolic death Mm -hmm. my belief my experience is that as humans we go through times in our life where we are dying while we're alive that we are we are dying to old habits an old way of being a belief system something that doesn't work for us anymore and and in a way forces us to that crisis point where we can no longer sustain it. We may not know what the new choice is. right? And we can either go willingly or we can go clawing and screaming and and I did plenty of the clawing and screaming and gnashing of teeth and cussing at God and trying to force things to happen the way I wanted to. And so recognizing when one of these death cycles is upon us Mm -hmm. is... I believe so important because it helps us kind of embrace it like an old friend in a way like oh oh yes there you are again I remember you I I would like to go as gracefully and consciously into this as possible because the more we fight the more we get in our own way and 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 the inevitable is going to happen and all we're going to do is postpone it and make it more painful when we mm-hmm. when we fight against it. And so I I think for so many people waking up, there's a, a death to the to the old self, a yes. death to the way they thought the world worked, mm-hmm. a death to the way they operated in the world and, and interacted with the world and the mm-hmm. principles they thought the world worked yes. with you know, the, a, a shamanic death or a symbolic death can can happen in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Long, nice. short, intense, easy. They happen multiple, multiple times over the course of our life.
1: Well, and if you think about it now, you're not certainly not the same person you were 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and constantly recycling, recycling. Mm-hmm. I th- think that we see this in popular culture... You know, maybe as a way to condition us to it. Like I'm thinking of the Matrix, Matrix specifically, mm-hmm. where you take the red pill, mm-hmm. and then you can't see anything the same way ever again. And yes. I know with so many people coming to this awakening, they just can't
0: go back to the, their old beliefs, their old friends, mm-hmm. their relationships. Yeah, I, I laughing, and I laughingly say this because otherwise I would be crying. But it's right? like you, right? I laughingly say. You know, once you've been awakened, you can't go back to ignorance. No, you can't. Which is the... That's (laughs) our comfort zone. Spoiler alert. Right? You know, it sucks because you can never go back to the point of not knowing. And sometimes walking in consciousness is excruciating.
1: Well, and it's excruciating, too, because we have people in our lives who you would just love to shake into awareness. I have people in my family i would just love to shake them and say you don't have to live in this pain there's so much more but of course we can't do that for Mm -hmm. others
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and we live in there's so many different perceptions of reality and so when we become more aware at least my experience has been um it's difficult to show up and be fully present and conscious and in my body in the face of so many things happening in our world it's painful that don't make sense that seem like we're moving backwards that are such incredible injustices that's what i mean by the excruciating part is once you wake up it's you
1: see it all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You open your eyes and you and see you feel all. feel it. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I think the last couple of years have been really hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a, just a skyrocketing anti-anxiety medications. Psychologist offices are full. Because yes. Because people are just waking up and seeing what's going on around them. Yeah. And so um, I want to talk about the evolutionary piece because mm-hmm. that is fascinating. Just our little conversation a minute ago, that was... That was very interesting. So, yeah, the evolutionary piece. Why the evolutionary mm-hmm. empath? Yeah. Uh,
0: when I when I started to write this book, I've I've led empath workshops and discussed that content yeah. with clients and other classes that I've taught for a long time, and so I knew I was going to gather that information, mm-hmm. and then it was it started to reorganize itself, and then as I kept writing. It's like I kept getting new downloads of higher levels of perspective, and the title of the book changed several times. I was kind of like, okay, Spirit, if you're going to give me a download, can I just have one instead (laughs) of, you know, do we have to keep changing things? Exactly. But, But what really came in is this higher level perspective of where we are on a cosmic scale in the grand cycle of time that that can help us understand that showing up in the body we showed up in with the sensitivities that we have in this energetic physiology that I'm talking about is yes. not random we are here as empaths for a very specific purpose and so I'll, I'll take you into that cosmic perspective I, it's, uh, in, the, in the book I devote a whole chapter to it because it can be a bit scientific I love that. <laughs> so I'll try to keep it very much layman's terms. But there is a grand cycle of time mm-hmm. that over 30 ancient cultures have documented or tracked in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And there there's some mm, there are differences of opinion in the, the academic and scientific communities as to how long the cycle is. I won't go into why. Some say it's 24,000 years. Some mm-hmm. say it's 26,000 years. Mm-hmm. I'm working with the 24,000-year model, but the, okay. the most important thing to take out of this is there is a cycle. We right. just haven't figured out precisely the exact length yet, but twenty-four right. and 26,000, they're not that far off from each other. Right. So there's this 24,000-year cycle of time, and different cultures have broken that period into different chunks, and so the one most people are going to be familiar with is the Greek... Ages. Oh, So yes. the Iron Age, Bronze Age, Silver Age, Golden Age. Yes. And so what this cycle of time points to is the rise and fall of human consciousness. So for 12,000 years, we're ascending in consciousness up to the height of the Golden Age. Mm-hmm. 12,000 years, we're descending in consciousness down to the depths of the Iron Age. And so these movements if you will Mm -hmm. as I started studying it and going into more detail and then there was all of this other scientific you know, astrophysical stuff and planetary things, because I have a very strong connection to the star relatives. And so I just started geeking out. And as an aside, my guides are telling me, you need to go there, you need to buy some books, you need to go to this conference, you need to do some research. So there's, who knows what that's going to turn into. Yeah, Um, But there's, (laughs) that's very exciting. But in terms of this cycle, what's important to, to pluck out of that is we are on the ascending side Again, because we lost so much knowledge as we descended into the last dark ages, if you will, again, we can't specifically point to a text and say, precisely on this day is when this thing happened. Mm -hmm. So again, it's more important to look at the generalities that whether you look at the Vedic texts or you look at the Mayan calendar or or different sources, most of them are going to point to a relatively narrow range of time as... The depth, if you will, or the lowest point on the cycle. Mm -hmm. So we are out of the Iron Age and we are several hundred years into the Bronze Age. So empaths are here because it's time. Yes. The world is ready. We are raising in consciousness. Mm -hmm. We are and there's so many other books. Um, and and spiritual guides and authors that talk about the, uh, the gene keys and, and dormant DNA and things that are being activated and yes. all of these different levels of consciousness. And to me, I believe all of this speaks to the same process, if you will, that we are ascending in consciousness. Our vibration is mm-hmm. changing, and we are at a point now where our configuration, if you will, as humans, our physical energetic configuration is changing. Yes. Shifting in response to this raising in consciousness. Yes. And so um I, I don't know if you've seen the movie Moneyball, but there's a no. there's a quote in there that says the first guy through the wall always gets bloodied. Ah. Yes. so anytime you're breaking new ground <clears> throat> anytime throat> you're, you're in the jungle with the machete, machete hacking the path yeah. all of us here as empaths right mm-hmm. now are the first ones through the wall in a way getting bloodied so I, yeah. I don't say that to be morbid but to hopefully give Some the encouragement mm-hmm. and perspective mm-hmm. that your soul chose for you to come into this body right now at this point in human evolution Mm -hmm. on purpose because you are here to help humanity evolve to the next level of consciousness and the souls that are making this choice right now are courageous souls because we are breaking this ground again Mm -hmm. we are we are the ones and you know there are so many people i've spoken to who feel like the black sheep in their family. Oh, absolutely. weird one. Yes. And so I've said, is it possible, have you considered that instead of your parents or your family being here to teach you, maybe you're here to teach them?
1: Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it.
0: So maybe we're here to teach the others in our family. Yes. Yes. And so we are the oddballs. We are the weird ones. We came into this body knowing that it was going to be hard because we didn't have the predecessors we didn't have yes. the ones mm-hmm. who paved the way for us we're the ones doing the paving mm-hmm. and we're connecting into the morphic field of the empath, I think of it as a living field of intelligence that exists and I think there's a living field of intelligence for any topic or subject that you could think of that mm-hmm. that is humanity's consciousness started to devolve it was almost like these repositories where the intelligence the wisdom the knowledge the teachings were never lost right right? they were just held in trust in these kind of energetic fields if you will Mm -hmm. and as we are swinging back around we are at a place where we are recognizing and connecting with these energetic fields of intelligence, the morphic field of the empath so we're tapping into
1: them and connecting with this these bodies of intelligence these bodies of,
0: of knowledge that have lain laid dormant perhaps mm-hmm. or just waiting for us waiting for yes. us. waiting yes. for us to come and of course there are many pockets of civilizations uh, again the shamans priests priestesses monks nuns holy appointees Mm -hmm. who took so many of these mysteries what we're we're calling mystery schools the wisdom teachings Mm -hmm. these ancient texts that held all of this knowledge and they went underground or up the mountain or in the cave to, to hold these things until humanity was ready for them again. So we have the physical anchoring of them still on the planet, planet and then we have this energetic field of consciousness mm-hmm. that are are starting to connect up again, and it's time for so many... And I don't just mean empathic mysteries, I mean... Mysteries of all kinds, the, yes. the celestial realms and, and the sexual mysteries and divine uh, the, feminine. the divine feminine and the, the herbal mysteries and all of these yes. things that we all, I I can only imagine, we all knew and practiced and, and understood as just the mm-hmm. way the world worked. Mm-hmm. We're swinging back up into that again. That's exciting.
1: We're just really on the the leading edge in a way. To rediscover, but it's not the maybe not the leading edge because it's not that new. Correct.
0: I mean, I use the phrase quite often that you know, especially if I'm uh, facilitating a mystery school or or doing some kind of work with uh, students or clients that I'm not I'm not teaching you something or exposing you to something that you don't know. Right. I'm creating a space for you to remember, to have your own experience with that intelligence, with that wisdom, with that field, because we've all been there before. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of connecting back in with those relevant past lives, with whatever pieces of soul knowledge we collected along the way that we want to call forward into this present moment to support us and assist us.
1: Absolutely. So how can we as empaths move through this painful evolution to wake up to the things that we know back there somewhere Mm -hmm. How do we? How do we usher ourselves through this painful period?
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's a long answer. <laughs> I,
1: it was a long question. I, fair I know, enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and it's one that's that I I feel challenged to answer because I want to give everybody all the information, and I know that we're know limited, you know. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I I tried to put as much into my book as possible, but it's there's there's several pieces to it. Mm-hmm. One is just the first steps of awareness. Yes, you cannot change your relationship to a thing mm-hmm. if you're not aware of that thing. Yes, so the first part is coming into consciousness, accepting, owning, recognizing. I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. And and it's this way with anything. Once we recognize it, acknowledge it, now we have the power. Mm-hmm. To make a choice around it, because yes. when we don't know about it, when we're not aware of it, we can feel like a victim. We can feel like the world is being done unto us, exactly. that we don't have any choice. <laughs> right. And so when we can say, "I am an empath," mm-hmm. that that gives us the power back to make a choice about, okay, how do I want to proceed with this? How do I change my relationship with it? And I speak uh, oftentimes in terms of. Shifting our relationship from looking at these qualities as a liability to being an asset.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that takes some time. It takes some mindset shifts. It takes tools. So the next piece after that recognition is Mm -hmm. the tools. And by tools, I mean tool energetic hygiene practices, managing your energy, clearing your energy, getting familiar with your own energy boundaries, mm-hmm. having a daily check-in process, multiple times a day, preferably. <laughs> where you're where you're checking in, you're clearing your field, you're tending to it. And yeah. and what goes right along with that is boundaries. Mm-hmm. As empaths, almost universally, we suck at boundaries. We do. <laughs> because Our nature is to blend and merge. Yes. That's what's easy for us. It's easy for me to feel you, to take on, not just empathize, but become you. Yes. To reconfigure myself, to fit inside of you and see the world through your eyes and feel the world through your emotions. And so boundaries are one of the big challenges for empaths, where we mm-hmm. can figure out where we end and the next person begins yes. and develop all of those healthy, how to say no, how to ask for what you need, uh, and all of the variations on that. How to how understand that, what's yours and what's exactly not. Exactly. How mm-hmm. to stay out of codependence. That's one of the big oh, pitfalls for empaths is, yes. is codependence. Uh, so there's the boundaries and the, and the energy piece, clearing yourself, tending to your field. Those are really huge, important yes. pieces. And then there are other things that I speak of as well. Self-care is a bigger topic that these boundaries and energy practices can fit inside of. Mm-hmm. Self-care for empaths is not a luxury. Right. It is an absolute necessity. And what self-care looks like for us doesn't look like the average person you know it's it's, not a mani-pedi and massage exactly yes exactly it is really understanding it's let me say it this way it's learning to recognize what feeds us and what drains us? Yes. So, so kind of thinking of it as our energetic bank account. Mm-hmm. What practices do we need to engage in to keep our bank account full? Yes. So, for me, and I know for a lot of people, time in nature.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: really mm-hmm. reground and recenter when I'm with nature, yes. with animals. Feeling the sun, the breeze, hearing water, hugging a tree, literally, you know, flopping face first into the grass. Yes. Whatever that is Mm -hmm. for for each individual. Time alone. Yes. Energetic practices, whatever your daily energetic and spiritual practices Mm -hmm. are. Um, Monitoring and managing your exposure to other people. Doesn't matter if you love them. Right. Doesn't matter if you get along great with them. There, There's still a point at which,
1: you know, yeah, the, the enough engine enough. goes,
0: mm, you know, yes. and we just,
1: yeah. Right, that you get full mm-hmm. of the other person's energy and it's like, okay, I just need to disengage. Mm-hmm. I know personally there are times where I just can't even with the texts and the emails. It's like, no, I just have to be with myself right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and that's not being selfish you know correct. sometimes the boundary is to keep yourself in not to keep others out correct right mm-hmm. good so um in addition to to boundaries what can we what can we do do you feel mm-hmm. and um and then i would like to ask too how do we have this energetic knowledge of ourselves or this
0: energetic hygiene but, so however mm-hmm. you would like to answer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of techniques, so this could be a whole entire weekend workshop. Right. Um, first of all, everything is a process. I, I One of the things I really resisted in writing the book, because it just felt out of alignment, was... Um, our our love of the cosmopolitan survey you know like oh my god answer these questions and and if you you know five to ten means you're a mild empath and Ah. you know 11 to 16 means you're a moderate empath and you know here's how to do this in 10 easy steps and it's just my experience of life is not that way yes it doesn't work that way there is no switch that you flip it is a process everything is a process. Mm-hmm. It takes time. It is, it is a spiral path. It is not a linear path. You don't do A and then B and then C. What happens is you do A and you recognize that N and Q and P and L are all being affected at the same time. And so there's this... You know kind yes. of soup yeah there's this there's this journey where multiple things are being affected and and yeah. growing and shifting all yes. together in a package mm-hmm. and so what i uh, have have experienced with a, a lot of empaths is in the process of trying to fit into the world. Mm-hmm. we had to disengage or unplug a lot of those receptors inside of us. So the parts of us that that helped us tune into our knowingness, Mm -hmm. that helped us understand our truth, that helped us listen to our body, because our body our body and our emotional system has the answers. It Mm -hmm. will tell you in a second how you feel about something. Yes. but If we listen. Correct. And that has never been for, for most cultures, especially Western society, that has not been a valued technique. Right, And so it gets ignored, it atrophies, Mm -hmm. and so much of our process of reclaiming ourselves and coming back into our power as empaths is doing our internal work of plugging, you know, looking at everything that got disengaged or snipped and plugging it back in so that we can start up that feedback loop so that we yes. can hear ourselves this, so that we can tell oh gosh I'm angry oh gosh I'm tired I'm hungry I didn't like that I overstepped right. my own boundary I right. would, you know and all I allowed something mm-hmm. it, that, it it's mindfulness it goes back to mindfulness mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. so that needs to happen for a lot of people right so that they can have something to work with. It's hard to ask for what you need when you don't, don't even know. know what you need. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I recognize that that it's not just as easy as, oh, I just need to ask for what I need. It's like, what what do I need? I right. I can look back at so many years of my life where I really didn't know myself. I didn't know what I yes. wanted. I didn't know what I needed. I thought I did. No, no. clue. No, no
1: clue. Well, you were such
0: a different person then, too. But
1: mm-hmm. That does remind me. I always like to find out how people got to where, they're, where they are mm-hmm. now. How they, ha- so have you always done shamanistic work and empath- work with empaths? Well, it's
0: one of, the, one of the tools. I'll answer the question, but I'm going to backtrack a second to get there. You got there. it. Um, another big piece that's important for empaths is relocating our center. Figuring out our center and staying in our center. And so in the book, I give a lot of exercises of how to do that. There's a lot of different ways to approach that. Wonderful. But for for some of us, if we can remember our childhood, Mm -hmm. oftentimes those early years will give us a clue as to who we really are before the world started creeping in too much and affecting us. And so as a child, Mm -hmm. I... Um, Was very intuitive. I was very creative. I loved nature. Um, I was born in 69, so I grew up in the 70s. So I don't know if you remember the little crocheted 70s drawstring bags. Oh, heck yeah. But that was my little medicine. I was like a little medicine woman before I knew what that was. I had rocks and sticks and costume jewelry, and they were like my little magic trinkets. And I played you know of course cowboys and indians i was always the indian i have a very strong native american you know um pull i love horses i love climbing trees and being outside and i was you know my mom said that i could always tell when somebody was upset and i would climb up into their lap and somehow instinctively mm-hmm. knew mm-hmm. So the seeds of all of that, I can look at my childhood and I can see the seeds of those authentic pieces before the world happens and you go to school and you are told that you're wrong or your parents get divorced or, you know, all of the things that shape you. Right. (laughs) And so um, I wasn't consciously doing those things but they were kind of a natural instinct. Yes. And when I was young, I went to a creative and performing arts school, kind of like the TV show Fame. Oh, I love it. So danced, sang, you go to history class, you go to dance class, you go to math class, you go to music class, you go to English, oh. you go to theater. You know. So I was yeah. performing and all of those things. And so that was fifth through eighth grade. And I'll, I'll make this sh- story short. My parents had already gotten divorced by that time. And so in the great wisdom of a 13-year-old, I decided that I wanted to go live with my dad and stepmom for high school. Okay. And so there was a lot of karmic stuff that was being worked out with that. Yes. But the, the interesting piece is I went from being this creative, intuitive child, dancing, singing, artist, fast forward a few years, and I got a math degree and went into the Air Force.
1: And it's like,
0: you know, one of these what? things is not like the other, you know. <laughs> so I, I did a complete and total sure. flip. And so when I talk about as an empath taking on the influences of the world around you sure. and the messages that you're being told about what is correct or appropriate or right or successful That's or whatever, exactly. I drank the kool Mm -hmm. And I took my feminine, Mm -hmm. I took all of those creative, intuitive pieces, and I shoved them down. Where they never went away. Right. I was still empathic. I've been an empath my whole life. I still felt everybody's everything, even in the Air Force. You know, (laughs) can you imagine being an empath in the Air Force? Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. That's wild. When I left the Air Force, I was an Air Force officer. I was there for 10 years. And it wasn't so much, hey, I know what I'm going to do next. It's time to get out. It was, you know, my heart is telling me it's time to get out. (laughs) Ah, what am I going to do now? And so my financial advisor uh, with the company I'd been with for 10 years said, well, Steph, you're good with people. Have you thought about doing this? And so I kind of liken it now to like the first boy or the first person of the opposite sex that pays attention to you in grade oh, sure. school. It's like, oh, you like me? Oh, okay, I'll like <laughs> you back. You know, it's like you <laughs> it just get all excited. Tiki. So he was like, well, you'd be good at this. Do you want to do this? I was like, hey, oh, yes, I want okay, to do this. yes, of course. Yes. I'm, yeah. So it's still being totally, you know, not, right. I had no idea how, how to think for myself. No, I, I had no idea how to connect with that part of myself. Mm-hmm. So I went through the whole process, studied for my exams, set up my business, and quit after five and a half months because I hated it. Oh, now, tell me what business was this? Financial planning. Sorry, planning. Financial, financial planning. planning. Gotcha. Okay. And so I really thought that's what I was going to do for the next 10 or 15 years. Right. And that is what yeah. threw me headlong into my spiritual crisis, my spiritual oh, awakening. I, I? I call it the spiritual crucible. Oh, yeah. Where there was a period of about five years where I was just getting cooked. Cooked down. Yeah. And and yeah. alchemically changed into a different substance. Oh, my gosh. And so it was, you know, when I kind of stumbled out of the crucible where you're sort of like, whew, you know, looking around. i <laughs> <and you're> like, <laughs> okay, the planet's still here. I made it. Right. Um, I realized that I had what felt like some nuggets of wisdom, that I had some perspective, that I had some experience, that I thought could help other people. And so I started my business in 2007 with the intention of trying to, to make other people's sort of spiritual awakening or, you know, process into consciousness less painful Yes. To give them support, to give an explanation of what's happening at a subtle, energetic level. Yeah. To give them tools mm-hmm. based on the experience that I went through of right. just, like I said, gnashing teeth and cussing at God and right, just being lost. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So many of us approach this thing from, I pulled myself up, here's how you can, how, how you can too. Or I figured this out. Let me show you
0: how to figure mm-hmm. it out, right? And so along the way, you became a shaman. Uh, yeah, I studied shamanism. I'm a shamanic practitioner, and and I think I just had a natural predisposition towards it. And so right, when I like found it, it, it just
1: it just right. made
0: sense, right. you know. And so for me these these practices. Um, They're how I live my life. It's not just a class I teach Mm -hmm. or something that I do when I'm in front of other people. My A a huge part of what I spend my time on is my spiritual practice, my spiritual growth, my personal journey. I am constantly digging into myself, Mm -hmm. going deeper, trying to understand myself, more heal, more... You know, that that is that will be a pursuit for the rest of my life. It's it's who I am, it's what I value, it's how I'm built. And that process is going to benefit the people that I work with because I, I, I don't want to hold anything back. If I have an epiphany, if I have a realization or a new tool, I want to share that. Yes. You know, so there's, there's kind of multiple purposes being served by that. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, living a shamanic life just doing ceremony and honoring the the rhythms and cycles of nature. And I could go on and on and on, but all of these things are are how I conduct myself in life. Right. Absolutely. You live it. Mm -hmm. Rather
1: than just teach it or practice it, you actually live it. And so you work with clients with shamanic principles and practices. You teach classes. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got your website, which is? It's Temple. Bluestartemple.org. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, you're looking into creating
0: online content. Yes. and I That's am, exciting. It is. And I, I'm very clear I'm in a transition period. I mm-hmm. knew when my book sold that that was a trajectory-changing moment and mm-hmm. that I was going to be in a process of shifting. And I, and I know anybody who's a, an mm-hmm. entrepreneur who does this kind of work, you do it long enough, you evolve. You do. Things fall off the menu. Things get added to the menu as you shift and grow and find new things that excite you. It's like, what's juicy? What are you passionate about? And so what what I've been sitting with for the last six to nine months is this growing clarity that my greatest contribution to the world is meant to be my products. Mm -hmm. So this book is going to be one of many. I have ideas for oracle cards and home Mm -hmm. study programs and, you know, kind of um, yeah, on-demand products where you can go and and watch on different, um, get get training or experiences Mm -hmm. on all kinds of different content, workbooks and downloadable pieces. So I am in the beginning stages of making that shift. And so I don't know exactly how all this is going to outpicture yet. But yeah. I do know that in the coming months I'm going to be introducing more ways in which people can interact with me, if you will, yes. through these products and tools to yes. assist them in their journey. Yes. So um, that's exciting. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is.
1: I, I can't wait till your book is out. I know that's kind of the first step for you in broadening your, mm-hmm. your reach, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I think it's going to be huge. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for joining me today. It's been so much fun. Yeah, um, and I really encourage anybody to reach out to Stephanie and um, find out what she has to offer, learn more about what it is to be an empath, how you can help yourself on that journey as well. Good. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you.